Hi all, welcome to Piano Writers and Works. My name is Holly Harland and in today's episode is La Lieder. Franz Peter Schubert was born on the 31st of January 1797 in Himpel near Vienna, Austria. Schubert's father, also Franz, was a schoolmaster and his mother Elizabeth was in domestic service. Schubert was one of five with four brothers and one sister. The family was musically and educated as a string quartet playing in the home with Franz playing viola. He received the foundations of his musical education from his father and his brother Ignis continuing later with organ playing and music theory under the instruction of the parish church organist. In 1808, he won a scholarship that earned him a place in the Imperial Court Chapel Choir and an education at the Stradconvict, the principal boarding school for commoners in Vienna, where his tutors were Wenzel Ruskica, the Imperial Court organist and later the composer Antonio Salieri, then at the height of his fame. If you have not already, we discuss Antonio Salieri in Series 1, Episode 5, Classical Child Prodigy, with the famous adaptation of Amadeus discussing whether there was a rivalry between Salieri and classical pianist and composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. I recommend listening to the episode from the first series of the podcast. Schubert played the violin in the Students' Orchestra. He was quickly promoted to leader and in Bruskica's absence, conducted. He also attended choir practice and with his fellow pupils, refined chamber music and piano playing. The interest and encouragement from his friends overcame his shyness and eventually brought his work to the notice of Salieri. In 1812, Schubert's voice broke. He left the college but continued his studies privately with Salieri for at least another three years. During this time, he entered a teacher's training college in Vienna and in the autumn of 1814 became assistant in his father's school. His fortunes began to change in 1821 when, with the help of some of his friends, he began offering his songs on a subscription basis. The money started coming his way. In Vienna, especially, Schubert's harmonious songs and dances were popular. By late 1822, Schubert encountered another difficult period. His financial needs going unmet and his friendships increasingly strained. Schubert's life was further darkened when he became severely ill. Historians believe he almost certainly contracted syphilis. He was living a very sexual lifestyle and many believe that the disease was contracted by a male prostitute. In 1826, Schubert applied for a job of deputy musical director at the Stradkonvict. While certainly a top candidate, he failed to land a job. Still, his fortunes during this time began to improve. His impressive musical output continued and his popularity in Vienna increased. He was even in negotiations for four different publishers. In 1828, the last year of his life, 
Schubert, though obviously ill, stayed committed to his craft. It was during this time that he produced what is quite possibly his greatest piano duet, Fantasy in F minor. In addition, Schubert finished string quartet in C major, considered by musical historians to be the classical era's final piece. Oddly enough, Schubert's first and final public concert took place on March 26 in 1828, and it proved successful enough that it allowed the great composer to finally buy himself a piano. Exhausted and with his health continuing to decline, Schubert moved in with his brother Ferdinand. He died on the 19th of November 1928 at the age of 31 in Vienna. He composed more than 600 songs, taking the art of writing German leader to a new plane, as well as seven completed symphonies, chamber music and piano sonatas. Schubert wrote for one voice and piano, known as Lieder, the plural of Lied. Lied is simply the German word for song, but it has come to be used specifically to refer to songs in German for voice and piano. Even in England, a concert of such songs is usually referred to as a leader recital. These leader became increasingly popular in German-speaking countries in the second half of the 18th century. A number of factors encouraged this trend, the growth of the middle classes with an appetite for domestic music making, the rise of the piano as an instrument in the home, and the growing fashion for songs in a direct and simple style which developed partly as a reaction to the complexity and artifice of the Italian opera aria, with its elements of display and its international star singers. What is remarkable about Schubert's output is the range and quality of his writing and the creative imagination which he brought to the musical setting of poetry. These qualities made his songs extremely influential on later composers. A succession of German composers wrote Lieder through the 19th and early 20th centuries included Robert Schumann, Johann Brahms, Hugo Wolf and Richard Strauss. And they all acknowledged Schubert as the pioneering master of the genre. Ironically, the very quality of his talent limited his success during his lifetime. He composed songs with a great range of mood and complexity from simple settings, much like those of most other composers, to highly dramatic and emotionally intense works, often very difficult to sing and to play. These were not suitable for the average amateur performer who regularly bought the latest monthly offerings of the publishing companies. While certain of Schubert's songs quickly became well known and were published soon after he wrote them, the great bulk of his work lay virtually unknown until after his death. One of the most recognisable pieces of Lied composed by Schubert is Stadichen. It was published in 1829, shortly after his death. It was transcribed by Franz Liszt for solo piano. It is simply a lovely melody from first note to last, 
written upon the inspiration of the moment, and yet characterised by absolute perfection of finish and a grace and beauty. It was originally composed as an alto solo and male chorus, and was subsequently rearranged for female voices only. Obviously, we most recognise it as a piano piece due to the publication by Liszt.
One of the most famous pieces by Schubert is Fantasy in F minor. It is composed for piano in four hands, which was very, which was a very particular genre. Now, unfortunately, it is now out of fashion. In the early 19th century, Vienna, there was a growing market for music that could be played in the home, where there might be only one piano, but several pianists, usually amateur musicians. The fantasy in F minor follows the same basic sonata-like four movements, allegro, a slow movement, a scherzo, a scherzo and a fugal final. The piano opens with a lyrical melody with dotted rhythms over a rocking broken chord accompaniment. The tune is heard briefly in the key of F major before a more dramatic march-like second theme. At the close of the opening movement, a lyrical transformation of the second subject appears, bringing about a modulation to F sharp minor, and then the following largo. The slow movement inspired by Paganini's second violin concerto, which was developed into piano work La Campanella by Franz Liszt. The movement presents a marked theme reminiscent of the first movement's dotted rhythms. The turbulence of the first theme soon gives way to a more lyrical melody that forms the middle section of the movement. The dotted rhythms remain throughout the middle section melody, though they are set against triplet rhythms in the accompaniment. The opening theme returns to close the movement and ends on a dominant, preparing the way for the scherzo. This is lively and energetic and forms a delightful contrast to the dramatic tension of the previous Largo, though the key remains unchanged. After the D major trio, the scherzo returns to the key of F sharp minor, though it soon begins to waver back and forth with its relative major key, F sharp minor. Begins to waver back and forth with its relative major key. The finale begins with two restatements of the first movement's principal theme, first in F minor and then in F major. Following the final statement in the major key, a fugue based of the first movement's second subject begins. The fugal texture is here maintained throughout the movement and there is an abrupt half cadence in F minor with the first theme once again returning, followed by chords which eloquently veil the second theme and close the work. Obviously, that was a lot of detail to those that aren't musicians or pianists. If there is any information that isn't understood, please let me know as I'm putting it out as so I'm using vocabulary that I use every day. I'm sure musicians use it every day. And if there's something that doesn't you don't understand, please let me know, because it in that section, there was a lot of music theory terminology.
I mentioned earlier the string quintet in C major being considered as the classical era's final piece. That piece of work is sometimes called a cello quintet because it's scored for a standard string quartet plus an extra cello instead of an extra viola, which is more usual in conventional string quintets. This was published in 1828, a year after Ludwig van Beethoven passed away. The reason I mention this is in the previous episode, Beethoven, the New Testament Part 2, the episode is dedicated to whether Beethoven works being classical or romantic. My opinion was that it was the bridge between classical and romantic, and I don't go into that, um, and I don't want to dwell on that now. If musicologists agree that Schubert's string quintet in C major is the piece they consider to end the classical era, then surely Beethoven's works are classical. I'll end the episode with that and leave it on that with dot dot dot. Thank you all for listening to Piano Writers and Works. Don't forget to follow on social media at hrh.music on Instagram and TikTok to get the exclusive behind the scenes. See you all in the next episode. Bye.